Grassroots, True Grit. This is Shenango Voice. Visit our website at shenangovoice.com, and if you enjoy our programming, share a link to our podcast with your friends. This episode of Shenango Voice is sponsored by the Bohemian Moon Restaurant. Bohemian Moon is kicking off their new Doshi Rock meal program in the first quarter of 2021. Doshi Rock is a monthly subscription meal plan featuring convenient weekly prepared meals for pickup or delivery. Dine-in service is available Wednesday through Saturday from 4.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Dine-in times are subject to change, so please visit their website at twobakeriesandarestaurant.com or call 334-9480 for the current dine-in schedule and for more information about the safe and convenient Doshi Rock meal program. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Shenango Voice, a local public service podcast. Our mission is to inform, connect, and inspire Shenango County, New York, with information and stories that bring out the best in our community. During the past year, Shenango County has continually invented ways to bridge the physical distance of COVID while moving forward and growing stronger. In today's episode, we look at two creative models of connection. In segment one, a group of self-confessed do-gooders and cheerful optimists create a dynamic support system for the county's nonprofit infrastructure. And in segment two, we discover how a couple of friends, reading together on the telephone, inspired a new program for the Area Agency on Aging to help ease the isolation of homebound seniors. Our first segment takes a look at Shenango County's nonprofit scene and features an interview with two nonprofit leaders who leave us with high aspirations and a trust in our better angels. Our two highly committed do-gooders are Jessica Moquin, Executive Director of the Shenango County Historical Society and Museum, and Sarah Green, Volunteer Coordinator and Compliance Officer of Hospice and Palliative Care of Shenango County. Our interview features an overview of what a nonprofit is, a rundown of the local nonprofits who serve our Shenango communities, and how the group of nonprofits called Nonprofit Connections help each other, the communities they serve, and the volunteers who further their missions. This segment was recorded by our producers Diane Gallo and Betty Bytheway on January 6, 2021. Hi, this is Diane Gallo with Shenango Voice. Today, we're here with Jessica Moquin, the Executive Director of the Shenango County Historical Society and Museum, and Sarah Green, Volunteer Coordinator and Compliance Officer with the Hospice and Palliative Care of Shenango County. They're here today with us to speak about nonprofit organizations in our Shenango County area. Also with us today is my co-producer, Betty Bytheway. You are called nonprofit connections. And I'm wondering if you could give us an overview of nonprofit connections, how you got started, and what do you do? As Jessica's pointing at me, I, I've got this one. Um, okay, yeah, this, we, this is Sarah Green. Okay. Yes, Sarah Green. Uh, we began informally. We thought back to about probably 2017, just a few of the local not-for-profits, largely ones that serve Shenango County, but were centralized in the Norwich area, informally meeting for lunch once a month or so. And it's based from the uh, development representatives from each organization, kind of getting together to brainstorm and also kind of compare schedules and goals for the year and what 
each organization had on their calendar so we wouldn't be conflicting with one another. And also it evolved over time. So more agencies found out about these folks from development from each organization meeting. More organizations joined. And in the the last year or so, we had a lot of interest. And then due to the pandemic, went virtual with meeting, which really was um, allowed the accommodation of a lot more folks to be able to join and hop on from all around the county and in lots of different sectors, too, of the not not-for-profit world. It began sort of as a uh, calendar comparison and trying to develop projects to collaborate, like honoring and recognizing our volunteers. We did that last year. We were unable to, but in 2019. Perhaps maybe Jessica would like to take this one. Give us an overview of what a nonprofit is. Because I, th- I think that as we jump into like, okay, now we have a whole group of nonprofits <laughs> and now we're getting more because we ha- we can meet online and we can share resources. Can we just backpedal for a moment? What kind of nonprofits, what are we talking about? Sure. So this is Jessica and I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I would say the way I define a nonprofit professional are people who are do-gooders, professional do-gooders, those out in the world who it is their vocation, their calling, their career to make a positive difference in the world. And there are, um, I, I'm not probably hundreds of nonprofits within Shenango County, and they range from all across the, the gamut, lots of industries, lots of focus areas, everywhere from healthcare and wellness to cultural and arts organizations and emergency response teams, and agricultural service organizations and business development. You know, we have Commerce Shenango and the Shenango United Way, and of course the uh, the Shenango SPCA. And we run the gamut. Uh, we're just like I said, professional do-gooders. And that's what a nonprofit is. In the beginning, when Betty and I first started talking about the nonprofits, she said, "Well." So is everybody a 501c3, which those in the nonprofit world kind of get as a registered charity? But you have a, a much broader take on this. Can you spread out this take? Absolutely, sure. So a 501c3 is actually an IRS designated moniker. There are 501c6s or 504bs. There are a whole variety <laughs> alphabet soup, as you will, of charitable and nonprofit organizations through the IRS. And we include everybody. We're not fussy if you're a 501c3, if you're a 506c7, whatever you are, all nonprofits are invited to connect with our group. And again, it's just the, it's really the IRS's decision how they, how they categorize the, just the different letters and numbers they use to designate a charitable nonprofit organizations mission or, or function within a community. It also allows people that give donations to deduct that, right? Isn't that why a lot of nonprofits become 501c3s? Because it's it's kind of motivating for people to give to them because they can deduct the contribution, right? That's exactly why the IRS is the one who decides which letters and numbers correspond with your organization. 501c3 has become synonymous with the word nonprofit, and that's not really the case because I've worked with lots of different nonprofits over the years, and they all have different. Basically, if you're part of that nonprofit IRS classification, most charitable deductions count, but I'm not an accountant, so talk to your tax preparer. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and depending on how you're chartered as well, that kind of establishes what that designation looks like. So for you two, you two are members of fairly formal organizations that are long established, but there might be smaller organizations that just run on a, a real shoestring. They have a mission and they might have one one person. And it sounds like you're quite welcoming to the full gamut of, yes, I have an empire and a staff and nope, it's just me. I think our official, you know, our official raison d'etre, the whole reason we're to, we get together is to seek out collaborative opportunities for promoting volunteerism and collaborating on development so we can work together to identify goals and achieve them as a unit. So that's that's it in a nutshell. Representatives from many Shenango County nonprofit organizations collaborate together to discuss topics such as development, promoting volunteerism, and collaborative programming to identify goals and work together in achieving them. Yesterday, when we talked, you had mentioned, Jessica, that nonprofits form a big chunk of the state's economy. Can you talk a little bit about that? Because that's news to me. Yes. According to some research I did, the state of New York estimates about 18% of the private workforce is employed by nonprofit organizations. Would that include hospitals? That includes um, like Shenango Memorial Hospital is a not-for-profit organization. Um, that includes, you know, hospices and then your, you know, museums, other arts and cultures oriented uh, sectors. Some hospices, for example, and hospitals might be for-profit, but in our county, we are well represented with uh, not-for-profit organizations mm -hmm. in those sectors. About hospice, when my mother got sick and from when she was in Florida, she went to the hospital and the hospice had a whole floor there. Are you affiliated at all with the hospital? That's a great question. Yeah. So just speaking hospice specifically, our particular hospice is largely home care. We do not have a facility. So other hospices might have that. So we do contract, and, and I think this ties in beautifully with, you know, the collaboration of the group. I mean, we, we do, as many organizations do, we contract with other organizations, including the hospital, and there are a couple of, you know, nursing homes in the area and then other groups that we do contract with. But they are one of our, um, you know, community partners, so to speak. Jessica, could I ask you to just mention some more of the nonprofits that people in the community may be familiar with so that it, you get the you get the sense of the tapestry? I'll start with the list that I have and then Sarah, if you want to jump in with any one any ones that I've missed, specifically those folks who are involved with our nonprofit connection roundtable is really what it is because we're a pretty informal group. But uh the uh, Cordial Cooperative Extensions 4-H group, Achieve, obviously the Shenango County Historical Society and the Shenango SPCA, the Shenango Arts Council, the Shenango United Way, Commerce Shenango, Hospice and Palliative Care, Six on the Square, the Earlville Opera House, the Local Emergency Response Team, Fostering Futures through Improve Norwich Now, Lamb's Quarters, the Place, and Rolling Antiquers Classic Car Club. Those are the groups that we've seen most frequently uh, recently. Did I miss anybody, Sarah? No, no, I think you got the core of it. Um, what's really exciting is each meeting we see new folks. So 
during our last meeting, we actually had representation from uh, the city of Norwich, a grant writer interested in collaboration. I thought of one more too, the Friends of Rogers of Rogers Environmental Education Center. They've also been at the table as well. So you have this combination of large organizations and small organizations, this really friendly vibe that you can come in, you can sit down at the round table and everybody will squiggle over and begin to share resources. And I wonder if we could go by again why you organized at the beginning. At the beginning, we organized for the development uh, representatives of each organization to be able to collaborate on what their schedules were for each year, to maybe look at some events that they could, you know, share in and collaborate on, uh, such as volunteer appreciation. And then just to speak now during the pandemic, it has evolved into a really nice, open, comfortable uh, forum for folks to compare uh, and discuss challenges, to make suggestions of, you know, how to apply for certain things, or um, basically taking a look at development and fundraising in the current environment that we are in and, and sharing strategies, pros and cons of certain things and giving suggestions. When I was on the United Way board, one of the problems with the nonprofits in our area was competing with various fundraising events. And it was talked a lot about putting out a calendar because we found that there people were competing, you know, having 5K runs on the same weekend or competing against Colorscape. It, has anything moved forward with that now that you're kind of all getting together and collaborating, um, knowing each other's schedules and things like that? Has anything been talked about in that area? Absolutely, yeah. Betty. That's that's practically the, that was the initial impetus for getting together was to make sure that we weren't, we weren't exhausting the community with the, you know, always always with our hand, hands out, but not collaborating and, and one hand not knowing what the other hand was doing. And that was the original impetus, but we have become so much more sophisticated along the way. <laughs> and uh, we've, we've talked about various ways. Um, when the pandemic is over, more than likely we'll go back to having a shared Google document where we add our upcoming events and activities that we have. Right now, it's been kind of informal where we just report to the full group, well, I've got this appeal going out or we're looking at this or how would you try that project? We're really a sounding board, but we did. When we first started, we were really organized. But of course, that was before the pandemic hit. So we had a color, I think it was color coded. The, the spreadsheet was color coded at that time. What is United Way's role in funding our local nonprofits? So I don't want to speak beha on behalf of United Way, and I would invite, you know, in the future, we'd maybe invite Elizabeth Monaco, the executive director of that organization, to provide a little bit more scope on that. The United Way uh, has priorities as far as education and healthcare, and they have they have their own uh, priorities that they focus on. And so every nonprofit within the community has the ability and opportunity to apply for funding and support through the United Way. So you're trying to understand how to put your energies together and you're doing that more than just with, oh, here's who I do to go to for a website or here's who helps us with fill in the blank. And what are, what are some of the kinds of things that you, you worry about as a, as a director or as a nonprofit? There are a lot of 
factors involved with uh, managing the facets of a nonprofit organization. For an organization like mine, facilities management is a, a big challenge. So comparing, oh my goodness, the pipes froze, or not that that's happened, but you know, we would we would reach out to each other. You know, what vendor would you suggest for a mail house? You know, who would who should I suggest to design our annual report? Uh, how 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 might I craft my direct mail appeal so that it doesn't, does it sound better this way? Should it sound better that way? There's a lot of great ideas that are tossed around and the collaboration is is really important. I've probably said that a lot, but I, I have to emphasize the, the fact that we are a sharing group, that mm-hmm. it's, um, there isn't, you know, the word competition has been used, but there isn't a competition with nonprofits. We are all, we all seek to do good in the world and this, we're helping each other up. You know, where every um, a rising tide lifts all ships, and that's how this organization, this little collaboration group, works to help others. And we, you know, we've talked about who could, who is the best website designer. You know, what's your best um, gift processing solution? You know, if we want to have an ornament design. Who, what's the best vendor to, you know, or bookmark or. Um, but the most, I, I don't, those are some of the ideas that we share in our group. But there are a lot of things pressing that keep nonprofit uh, leaders awake at night. You know, uh, you mentioned a facility. Like if you're a, if you're an organization with a building, that's a yet another kind of responsibility than an organization with operations or a service to deliver, but not needing necessarily a building to support. That is really quite a, a big chunky difference between a, a, an organization that can be streamlined and focused on service and organizing ideas and people as opposed to an organization that needs to have lots of stuff, trucks, vehicles, what all those things, that's really quite um, scary. In your, uh, both of your faces, I can see this, you know, real energy and yep, we are do-gooders. Yes, we are. And just one of the things I thought in our preliminary conversation was that for executive directors who take the burden or the brunt of, of the worries of what nonprofit directors pray for before they go to sleep, what's on their wish lists and their to-dos, now that you are starting to identify yourselves, you have a group that could be perhaps a core group of 12 or however many that meet on a regular basis and that you sound comfortable in calling on each other if you're running into a problem during the time in between, which seems like a great gift. Where do you see yourselves going? Where do you hope to go in the next year or two? Betty? The question that I have <clears throat> was about the uh, collaboration. When you were talking about collaborations, Jessica, I was thinking about the churches. And I know that they do a lot in the community uh, for homeless. And I just wondered if, if there was, if you collaborate with them and join forces on some of the issues that we're dealing with in our community. I know a lot of folks are aware of another group that exists is the Interagency Council. And that's a group that invites, again, anyone in Shenango County. It's largely not-for-profits. And a lot of that is a uh, resource sharing opportunity. So churches, other not-for-profits, 
the county public health will will be there and sharing if there are uh, food drives going on or if there are you know, other resource type connections that are existing. So it's a little bit different than the focus of our group, which again, a lot of the same folks, you know, will attend uh, both, but ours is a little bit more of the, the development focused and kind of what, you know, events or other efforts in that light uh, that we'll have going on for the year. Uh, but churches are definitely a representation at the interagency and anyone, you know, is, is welcome to attend either, um, either group. Can you sketch out what you hope for for 2021? One of the ideas we really want to focus back on is going back to our roots is volunteer recognition. Mm -hmm. One of the greatest successes I feel that our little cohort came together was uh, an event called Just Dessert. And that was, uh, it was so fun. We, it was hosted at the Northeast Classic Car Museum. They are another one of our collaborators. And we, we invited all of our volunteers from uh, all of the, collaborative organizations invited all our volunteers and we had this great dessert reception and we had a guest speaker and we just honored all of those people because we were finding that especially during the volunteer week in april national volunteer week we were all trying to plan you know, a brunch here a breakfast the breakfast there a, a special send out a special e-blast or what have you and we were finding a lot of these folks overlapped and so we just wanted to do a collective activity that acknowledged all the amazing efforts of volunteers and then also too it, it pointed the spotlight on how important volunteerism is within our county and we are hoping that long term we will inspire other people to get involved and to think more about like oh well volunteerism is just another great way to spend my time and so long-term, those two things, I, uh, having the Just Desserts come back or some form of um, a Just Desserts this spring. And then in the fall, we, we'd always planned to try to have like a, a volunteer fair to offer our wares, so to speak, and encourage other people to learn more about our organizations and choose to join us as volunteers if they so desire. Because that's also good for behavioral and mental health is to get out there and do things and to you know, the best way to lift your own spirits is to help somebody else. So those, I mean, I'm such a Pollyanna, but that's, that's, that's the way I see us going forward. And of course, all the usual, continue to share our calendars and make sure that we're being collaborative as much as we possibly can. And then I have this pipe dream that maybe someday we'll, we'll get a needs assessment or some kind of a, a actual statistics on what the percentage of nonprofits are supporting the economic development in our county. Because we know that statewide it's 18%, but we don't have any numbers as of yet to say just how much of a difference we're making economically in our county. We have about five minutes left on our scheduled time. What would you like uh, nonprofit organizations in Shenango County, how would they contact you? What would be the best way to take the next step if they would like to join you? Uh, word of mouth is how we're spreading right now. Oh, hold on. Hold that up again. Hold that up again. Yes, hold it up again and I will just, okay. NPC, that's Nonprofit Connections Shenango, npcshenango at gmail.com. 
I made that, but I couldn't remember what it was. (laughs) Thank you, Tessica. Basically reaching out, I had a couple of individuals reach out to our executive director at hospice and she uh, passed their emails along to, to me or to any of us. So at any point, is anyone interested, they can reach out to anyone that they're uh, familiar with um, participating. Another centralized avenue to contact would be, I'd say, uh, Commerce Shenango. They'd allow us to, um, prior to going remote, we were able to use their facility for a couple of our meetings earlier in 2020 as our group was getting larger, so they can connect you with us also. I understand that you are meeting this Friday, and I'm wondering, are you meeting via Zoom? Yes. It's usually the first Friday of the month. What time? Traditionally, 8.30 a.m. Okay. I'm thinking I might like to join you, and I don't know if, Betty, you might like to join, too, and sit in on a meeting and just... Not at 8.30 in the morning. I'm sorry. (laughs) Oh, the banker in her. Okay. (laughs) I'm just having my second cup of coffee at 8.30. I'm not... I'm not awake yet. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's the beauty of Zoom. But thanks for the invitation. <laughs> you can go to your meetings in, in your slippers, Betty, and nobody will think less of you if you're if it's a Zoom meeting. <laughs> I wouldn't be very coherent. <laughs> we take minutes, Betty, so we'll we'll be sure to share them. <laughs> okay. I'm just curious as a final question. Do you have a, an archive of minutes that somebody could because that could be like a really nice way to get somebody quick up. Yeah, um, I can definitely uh, send them to you or anybody who might be interested. We do keep them. Um, one of our members, um, Sandy with Lamb's Quarters, takes excellent minutes. So we can definitely provide that. Oh, God bless the excellent minute takers. Yes. <laughs> here, here. Thank you both for your time, Jessica Moquin from the Shenango County Historical Society and Sarah Green from the Hospice and Palliative Care of Shenango. Thank you both for telling us about nonprofit connections and how you're working. It's just, you just really cheer everything right up and I'm really happy to talk with you and to have met you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Continuing with our theme of doing good, our second segment features a story by Shenango voice producer Diane Gallo, recorded on February 24th, 2021. The story focuses on how her desire to stay connected with a friend during the long COVID winter led to the idea of a telephone book club for two. The idea took off, and now the Shenango County Area Agency on Aging is matching volunteers willing to make phone calls with people wanting to be read to on the phone. The idea is simple. The payoff is big. Reading on the telephone with Marie. The book club for two. Sometime in late October of 2020, as the cold weather was starting to move in, I was puzzling over how to create a more robust COVID connection with my friend Marie. Marie is a small, strong-minded woman with bright blue eyes, just a few months shy of her 90th birthday. Despite the macular degeneration that has left her blind, she maintains an active and independent life. She's been a church organist for over 60 years 
And although she can no longer see to read the music, she memorizes it, and most days she practices for Sunday services. Marie and I talked often on the phone, sometimes eating lunch together while we shared small bits of daily news and domestic triumphs. Loads of wash done, vacuums dragged out and abandoned, and frankly, our calls were getting a bit thin. By the time winter came, we were in full-blown lockdown, and we each always knew what the other had for lunch. Often we talked about what we were reading or listening to. She listens to recorded books for the blind, but sometimes was dissatisfied with the selection. One day, the big idea came. Could I read to her? She liked the idea, and we began asking ourselves and others what to read. The world threw itself open at our feet. Friends and friendly librarians gave us reading lists and suggestions. Books, Bibles, biographies, travel journals, newspapers, magazine articles, animal stories, young adult titles. Soon I had lists and piles of books on my table. We checked our calendars and started with Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. I told Alexa to set me a recurring reminder. Soon we added Saturdays at 7 p.m. Every once in a while we had a hiccup in our reading rhythm, but mostly we stayed on track. We took a break at Christmas and started again in the new year. The first book we read was The $80 Champion. Snowman, the horse that inspired a nation. The story led Marie to telling me stories of how growing up on a South New Berlin farm as her father's only son, she was the one who drove the team of horses when he took in the hay. The reading also led to exciting technical advances. We soon discovered that we might get a third person in on a phone call without much trouble. And while we successfully tested out a three-way call, our potential third book club member dropped out and we stayed a team. We went from snowman to seven men. We got through two and a half men before we shifted to if dogs could pray, bones would rain from the sky. Clearly, we liked animal stories. Then we started on a well-known young people's classic, which neither of us had ever read. Where the Red Fern Grows. The first chapter almost killed us. A few pages in, the two of us were crying, and I could barely get the words out. Oh, the joy of weeping together over a book. Despite the tears, we kept reading, and we're very happy we did. We're on chapter eight now, and Marie has already arranged our next title from the library. An animal story, of course. Through our shared reading, the conversations, the connection, this reading on the telephone book club has turned into a wonderfully rich and satisfying activity and helped make the COVID isolation much easier to bear for both of us. So the bottom line is this. If you're looking for a way to volunteer during COVID, Reading to or with someone on the telephone is a simple, low-tech, and enjoyable way to give of your time and yourself. 
If you want to be a volunteer reader or wish to be read to, please call the Shenango County Area Agency on Aging at 607-337-1770 and ask for Nicole Ross. Nicole is the agency's coordinator of services, and she'll get you connected. But just remember, if you do decide to read Where the Red Fern Grows, bring the tissues. That concludes this episode of Shenango Voice. We hope you enjoyed our program. Please subscribe using your favorite podcast application so that you can be notified when our next episode is published. This episode of Shenango Voice is sponsored by the Bohemian Moon Restaurant. Bohemian Moon is kicking off their new Doshi Rock meal program in the first quarter of 2021. Doshi Rock is a monthly subscription meal plan featuring convenient weekly prepared meals for pickup or delivery. Dine-in service is available Wednesday through Saturday from 4.30 p.m. to 8 p.m. Dine-in times are subject to change, so please visit their website at twobakeriesandarestaurant.com or call 334-9480 for the current dine-in schedule and for more information about the safe and convenient Doshi Rock meal program. Thank you for listening.